Welcome to the Bully to Blossoming podcast, hosted by Marlena Gordon and Jesse Wallace, two girls who endured and then blossomed from their own bullying experiences. We aim to spread hope and healing through the sharing of revival stories. Here in this safe space, we have real conversations with those who have not only journeyed through traumas of their own, but have triumphed against the odds. These stories prove that no matter one's struggle, things not only get better, but they blossom. Hey friends, so today's episode is freaking amazing. I am just so excited to share this with you guys. It was one of those episodes that just like kind of radiated magic. Um, I had to like step away a few times because like I felt like Audrey was directly speaking to me and it was just one of those really amazing conversations. Um, We talk about the evolution of trauma and healing and what that looks like and that it doesn't look like that for everyone. And um, we talk about being a mom and being a parent and, you know, how trauma can affect that. It's just a really, really good episode. And I'm really, really excited to share it with you guys. And I hope you guys get out of it as much as I did because I, I was like, wow talking to her I told her several times that I was like I feel like you're directly speaking to my soul right now so um we're just I'm really excited (laughs) so I hope you guys enjoy it um this is Audrey she's with Haby Fab she is an artist a blogger a speaker she's amazing go follow her right now um Haby Fab on Instagram um she is just a queen I love her But anyways, I hope you guys super duper enjoy this episode as much as we did. And I hope you guys are having a fabulous week and we love you. I went to Target to get socks (laughs) and then I stayed at Target and got lots more things. And I was like, oh crap, the time. And then you text me. I'm like, oh my God. Oh no. So I'm glad that you did. Target Um, just like so so jealous that you went to target we don't have any targets where i live so i'm really no the the closest target's like an hour and a half away and i've got two kids so that's like a day trip jesus christ that is a day trip oh i don't know how i would survive i like wine a lot (laughs) (laughs) whoa jess i can't believe that yeah and no chick-fil-a no target yeah it's rough you're just living in like a I know. Yeah, world. It's like, so funny. Like every time, because I'm from the East Coast, so I go home to Virginia and I went home and my mom like ordered like Chick-fil-A on her phone to delivery. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, is this like <laughs> what is happening like outside of where I live? <laughs> like, what is Wait, going on? what? You don't have like Grubhub or? No, um... there's no Uber here. Like our town is no. so small. There's no Uber. There's no Grubhub. Oh my gosh. Like Postmates, none of that. See, um, I- I'm, pizza won't even come out like we can't even get um, pizza delivery at where we live holy shit Jess I know I'm basically living in 1970 yeah it's great holy crap it sounds like oh it. my god that's like Jess such a foreign that like a year ago too what yeah oh I, we had to like stream from our data it like on our phone it was awesome Jesus anyways <laughs> I'll stop complaining. No, but that's actually kind of cool because people pay for that now to like go out and like disconnect in the forest now. That's true. That's so, I guess. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, people, you say that. no, people pay thousands of dollars to do that now. So strangely, like, because you could literally just go anywhere, but it's really hard to resist the temptation if yeah, you I have access to it too. Like, I'm not like, I feel like I'm pretty okay with it. Cause like we live on a dirt road. So it's kind of like nice, Yeah, like, you know, but I'm, I'm ready. Um, so Audrey, um, my husband's a military, so we live in like a small military town. Oh, yeah. And so like the town okay. around the military base is like basically only around because of the military base. So it's just like right, really, right. really small. Um, just to kind of give you a little backstory. <laughs> <laughs> but I know how that life is. My dad was oh, in the army, so we moved so all of the time. You're an army brat. I That's am an cool. army brat. Um, what was yeah. your favorite place? Like, where was your favorite place to live? Um, Missouri. I really well, that's Missouri. Where I'm, at. I'm in um, I'm in Fort Leonard Wood. That's where we live. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, I know oh, where you're that's at. So that's, funny. that's so yeah. funny. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. That's I mean I was in kindergarten <laughs> there, but maybe that's why I loved it. You live on like a, my, a so, top of a that's hill. So, yeah, so you know. That's um I know. My older son. I mean, I guess I didn't realize how intense yeah. it was. <laughs> but I think um, that's the joy of it. Because, like, my right. son, he goes outside. He rides his bike on the dirt road. And I don't have to worry. Yeah. I, he's just like, I'm yeah. going to my friend's house. I'm like, bye. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's <laughs> That's awesome. What that's a small so funny. world. That your right? favorite place. That's so yeah. crazy. Wow. That is so that's crazy. Hilarious. Good memories back there. Because I remember we would. We had like frogs above. Um, we had like a hill in our backyard, and we would go oh, yep. frogs. And yeah, yeah, it was the best. Do you time. remember? I the was frog just. I would run. Do you remember Frog Rock? Yes, that I do remember so Frog Rock. <laughs> that is that so is funny. Hilarious. That is so. Now you're gonna make me like want to go to my mom's house and dig out all of those pictures. <laughs> you have, like, if you do it, you have for to all send them to me because that's like too funny. Because like every time yes. I mention, everyone's like, I've never heard of like Waynesville or Saint Robert. I'm like, yeah, you probably wouldn't unless you're like military or <laughs> right, too right. Funny small that's, world. It all circles so around. Fun. It all circles around. <laughs> it really so, does. So. I, I have a question, not that we have to start yet, but just out of curiosity, how was that for you sure. moving around a lot, like going from town to town, school to school, like having to... It was it was normal for me. When we stopped doing it, when my dad got out of the army, that's when it was yeah. normal. Like I was like, oh, what, we're staying in a house for a long time? Like, I don't understand. What you, I can't, I don't have to go make friends. I don't get it. <laughs> that's Like, I have to have the same friends no. forever. Like, that, it was more difficult for me then. Like, there was so much drama with having It's so friends. true. Like, what an interesting it. perspective. Because I've always been really worried about my kids, like, you know, having to meet new friends at new locations. Yeah. Um, although I'm not old. My older son is, like, super social, so I'm less worried about him. But I haven't thought about, like, the, the kind of reverse. Like, well, I'm antsy. I'm ready to, like, go. Like, right. I have to, like, have this friend forever. What is this? <laughs> Yeah, it's so it's so strange. And like, and my husband, I married my husband, and he has lived in the the same house his whole entire life and never like traveled. Like they never went on vacations, never did any of that. And so like he is such like a homebody that he like just wants to stay in the same place. And I'm like, why haven't we moved yet? Like, why are we still in Utah? Like, I don't understand. That's so funny. Um, so so strange. That's it's great. probably why you're so social and like so like out there. Oh like, yeah. It, like why you just like because you have to be right. You just own who I, the yeah, fuck exactly. you are I have like to be. all the time mm -hmm. because like you're just you're always used to kind of like going in and being like, 
hey, I'm Audrey. <laughs> like, what's your name? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I had I had to introduce myself right. as new friends. Like I had I feel to, like I've kind of gotten to do that, that way so, too as like the wife. Because it's like I feel like I have well, yeah. one, my husband's like such an introvert that I have to do it for him. Like if I didn't do it, we Yep, I'm the same way. My husband's yeah. the same way. So fun. Yeah, but tell Audrey what happened last time you tried to like reach out to some moms. Oh yeah. So I was I was taking my son to soccer practice and um there was like he moved up a couple years in his soccer and so he was like on a new team with new kids and he was fine and you know there was like moms sitting there in their soccer chairs and they were talking about um I don't like know if you're into like astrology or anything like that but they were talking totally were talking yeah. about like oh um you know Mercury's in retrograde or it's about to move out I'm like yeah this oh, is okay. in retrograde it's screwing me up girl and they were just like uh-huh and then just like turned away from me and I was like oh <laughs> and I had never like, okay. like gotten snubbed before I don't think because I'm so <laughs> I don't know like especially when you're in a military town like everyone kind of gets it I feel you like. embrace one another like yeah and so I was like yeah you'd have to totally yeah. I was like, man, it really like hit me the wrong way. And I was like, butthurt about it. Like the entire night, like I was off and I was like, man, I haven't felt like this since I was like 15. Right. Like, that sucked. Right. Petty. It, yeah. just dick wads. It's cool. Just. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, yeah. That we, we'll go with that. Let's go with that. I like that idea. Way better. I'm also, Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so we're like super stoked to talk to you. And we noticed that you like hey. wear a ton of different hats. So we kind of wanted to like talk about like, so what exactly do you do? You write your blog. You're an artist, an awesome artist. I'm like, yeah, with your Thank you. I literally just said to Jess today, I was like, cause we're working on our like creating our website. And I was like, Jess, like I love yeah. the colors that Audrey uses. Like, look at this. Like, it's so pretty it's, and it's vibrant. So cool. It's gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I mean, my, that's where I started was art. And so I did, I mean, I talk a lot about art and I do a lot of like, um, there's small business groups down here in Ogden that I like help run and, and do. So like we're connecting other women together to like find their purpose and figure out what it is that they want to do and learn that, that there's more connections than just being a mom. Um, and so like, that's a huge um, part of what I do um, too. Cause I think that it's so important that you find yourself outside of your family and outside of your kids and outside of that kind of stuff. So I, I talk a lot um, with that because it's so like such a religious town in Utah, especially that there's a lot of women that um, don't realize they're allowed to have more things. Um, and so it's kind of like breaking um, that cycle for them and realizing how much value that they do have and that it doesn't have to be just like a completely like stay at home mom situation Girl, I um, or like the yeah. guilt of, yeah. And so it's it, like, cause there's even women that have mm -hmm. to work. Right. And they have a lot of guilt with yeah. that too. And so it's um, when we have those moments, even though we like, we talk about business and stuff, there's a lot of women that um, I, I say they're like entrepreneurs. They come and they pretend they have a business because they have to tell their husbands they do that. There's a reason for them to leave mm -hmm. the home. Right. Um, and so they, they, they're doing these uh, like MLMs or like uh, they're making soap or whatever yeah. they're doing. Um, but it's just, it's not something that they're really hundred percent passionate about because well, when we're going, we sit down and we have these conversations that leads to all of these other big dreams oh. and things. And so, um, there's like a few of us women that are trying to like talk to them in a way that will help them realize that they're, they're allowed to go and do a lot of those types of things. So, so that's been very interesting. So like, that's the biggest, do you, like, so do you find that there's a lot of resistance from them like to that, because it's just so foreign from what they're used to and what oh, they've yeah. known and like what they're told oh, yeah. is like sinful oh, we, or yeah, not, we have like, not okay. Like it's like not, you can't be loved for like, if you were to go out there and kind of, you know, 
find your own inner skunk oh, yeah. and like let her let your freak flag fly <laughs> like that's so not exactly like, yeah I mean it, yeah it's so hard for them to be able to connect with that kind of stuff and so it's um it's interesting because it, it starts online first like because that's it's Facebook mm-hmm. groups right so local fo- Facebook groups that we have um, and we like encourage them to come to these monthly dinners oh. that we do. Um, and so you'll see a lot of women be very active on Facebook because it's easy to hide in these groups where you don't have um, people that are in your inner circle looking at right. you, right? Because they can't, they're not I feel a part like of that group. I feel like you're speaking directly so kind- to me. <laughs> <laughs> like I really do. It's crazy. Jess has a whole like secret life on the side of the uh, secret you Facebook have a secret <laughs> life. Well, it's, it, it starts off that way. I mean, it did for me. Like I, it was the same kind of thing, yeah. you know? Um, and, and so these women will, they'll, they'll chat and things in these groups and then you'll see them start slowly coming to the monthly meetings and then they're like sitting in the back and they're not really talking a lot. And, um, and then they'll just keep coming and keep coming. And then you see them, you know, find the confidence and do a lot of kind of stuff and, and have those hard conversations that they have with their husbands, which most of the time, like when you have those conversations, it's not like you're going to go get divorced and like have a whole new life and you're going to leave your religion. Right. right? But um, they, they realize that they're able to have those types of thoughts and those opinions and they're able to stand up for themselves yeah, and, and they do and they see such a difference. And I feel like so many exactly. women, um, cause I got, I don't know about you, but I got married at 21 and it was like a really quick, yep. um, like, okay, we're going to do this we're, you know, I was pregnant and it happened and I, right. it, you know, my husband's military. So my identity switched to like a college student to being a wife and mother, like overnight. Oh yeah. And it's like, you get lost because it's like, you have yeah, no idea. You, yeah. you know, you get into the habit of like asking your husband, like, okay, well, I'm, is it okay mm-hmm. if I go to the store by myself today and not, you know, nothing bad yeah. about the husband, but it's like, you take on the right. ident- identity of being that mom and wife. And it's hard, it's hard right. to get out of it. And, um, and I, and I feel like for me, my, because I've had this conversation with my husband so much and he's like, I'm okay, you know, that you go do things, yeah. but it's like me, it's yeah. a me issue. It's not a him issue. It's a right. me issue. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I can totally resonate exactly. like with all of that for sure. It, it's an interesting, I mean, like, I think we all as women have to have that switch and especially now where we're allowed to be empowered, right? Because other women are choosing to be empowered. So they empower yeah. each other. Um, um, but because of that, like we all have to do, I was the same way. Like my husband was this, and it took him a long time for him to realize that this is what I was doing. Cause he thought for, for him, he's such an introvert and he doesn't have outside friends and besides work and all of that kind of stuff. Cause he chooses to be the mm-hmm. way that he is. And so I, th- and I've always been like a bubbly person, <laughs> like, let's go be out. Yeah. Um, but I like, I dimmed my light a oh. lot for him because I thought I was supposed right. to, Whoa. you know, because I'm like, Oh, I'm making you uncomfortable or like, I'm not going to, I don't want to embarrass you. Or I, but it was just all my own thought process of that. And so for, years it was me just like doing all of that kind of stuff for him and so once I started to like switch and change my um ways that I interacted with the world and I just allowed myself to be exactly who I was it was very difficult for him because he thought okay this is it she's gonna get up and she's gonna leave oh. me and we're not gonna be married anymore and he was so fearful yeah. like for years that he didn't even say it to me that it that it was finally like like dude I'm not leaving you I'm just choosing to have a life and that's fine and you can still have yours I can choose too. You and and I now can it's choose like, me. like I oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, it was just a very interesting thing. Cause I would say that it's been within the last year that it's, it's more of like, okay, I'm going to go do, you know, these dinners or I'm going to go out with some friends. And it's not like, 
um, a worry that I'm like, okay, it's not like when I come home, I, we have a fight about it, right? Because that's how it used to be. Because it would be right. like, what did you do? And why are you doing this type of stuff? Because he was so worried and concerned that I was doing other things just because in his own mind, like we, I lived for 10 right. years with him where I didn't go right. do this. I so didn't did go you do have that. like guilt uh, with that? Like, do you think he fed oh, yeah. off of that? Like, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Because I would, I would bring it up to him. Like, you know what I mean? I would say, well, you know, I'm just going to go, I'd be very timid right. and, I, and I, and I would, or I wouldn't tell him what I'm going to go do because I worried how he would react to the situation. Right. Um, because I thought that if I don't tell him that I'm going to go hang out with friends, I never know. Um, and then like, right. he knows, like, he knows that I do, like, my kids like, kids. Yeah. like, you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's, um, and so then he was upset that I would not, I wasn't communicating right. with him. And so he was more upset about that than the fact that I, I he's like, if you would have just told me that this is what you were going to do, it would have been it's, fine. It's so um, funny. But, I feel like it was, for like in relationships like when you're approaching a novel situation like that there's a lot of trepidation and there's a lot of like not wanting to like let them in on it and this and that but the truth is like once you get over at least in most cases I I think once you get over that hump it actually opens your relationship up in ways that it never could have been pried open otherwise and you're you're so much more authentically you and thus they they're right. loving the authentic you, which makes you love them more in exactly. turn. And it's just, it goes on and on. And so completely, I, I look at my husband now and I am more in love with him than I've oh, ever been in my life. Love that. Be- because of the fact that I see like my own potential and I love yes. myself now, like I'm okay with the way that I look now and I'm okay with the way that I'm like weird <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm like loud, you know, and because there was a lot of things that I would be like, Oh, I can't be loud. I can't be this way. I, can't, I have to be skinny. I have to do all, you know what I mean? All of that kind of stuff. I told myself for years cause I was supposed to fit in this box and I would like, I would say, well, you don't love me because I don't look this way. Right. You know what I mean? But like, it's your I own narrative I would that we project. Right. It was all my own stuff. Totally. Yeah. And so now like our relationship is is so much better and he, and I am starting to love him for the way that he chooses to live. Um, And, and, and I'm like, Oh, I don't have to force you to go make friends. If you don't want to do that, I don't have to force you to do anything. I'm still going to be me. Um, And so we have a better relationship. I think that's so interesting because like I used to have the same kind of back and forth of, you know, feeling like when you join life with someone, you have to like, join lives you know and like do everything yeah. together and yeah. that's not yeah and but I feel like that's part of like you know growing in marriage too right um, oh 100 percent. yeah I I think that's amazing so tell us how you like what made you triumph like and find that inner you know spirit and spark that made you so comfortable was it like was it kind of like reaching the end of your rope or was it, because yeah. oftentimes it's oh, like yeah. hitting 100%. a rock bottom that makes you propel upwards. Like I find, which is like kind of, it's a bummer that we have to get to that little place. But then at the same time, right, that's right. why Jess and I always are huge proponents of like, Hey, like really low points can actually be really beautiful. Cause they make you rebound. Like, and you yeah. really have to like start to self care and go find yourself and make, make everything mm-hmm. better. And so you're that much more equipped like later on. So what was it exactly? Um, um, I mean, there was, I mean, I've had lots of trials in my life from like, I had um, child abuse when I was younger. Um, I was raped when I was eight. And so, and I hid that for years and years until I was 18. Um, and it was a family member that did it. So it was a very difficult situation. Um, yeah. And so that was very hard. And, um, and so I met my husband during that time of me, like rediscovering that that uh, situation happened to me and I was going through counseling and doing all of that. So I was like in a very depressive state when we, 
when he, him and I met. And so he, he knew me at my, well, yeah. at one of the right. my lowest times. Right. right. Well, and, and so then transition. I get, yeah. Yeah. You really yeah. evolved together. Because, like, exactly. And we, yeah, we evolved together and, and it was like, um, he was there when I needed to like escape from a lot of my family. Like I needed to leave that situation um, just because there was a lot of, you know, they didn't understand or because I mean, with having you, you have to kind of make the decision, like who are you going to choose and which road are you going to choose with which person in the family? And so there was like a, a, like a divide. Um, And even if it was just a divide of like people not understanding or um, not knowing what to do in this situation, right? Like what do you do? Very uncomfortable. People tend to want to like blame the victim, like, think that you're the one making it up and like oh you were eight like oh are you sure it happened that way like Mm, it's very uncomfortable like I've yeah yeah I've been there well and my family was like a very religious family and so it was like everything that you any problem that you had you just pretend right right was it kind of like that like like sweeping under the rug kind of like yeah oh yeah like we're not going to talk about it we're not going to tell anybody about it like um, we'll just keep, we'll just handle it. And like in the, and my parents like bought me counseling and, and did things that they were supposed to do on that side. And they would listen to me and like, I'm grateful for how they, they reacted, but it was still like, okay, um, I understand that this happened to you. I mean, cause it was my brother did, that did it. Right. So they're, they're like, yeah, which is so like, how do you like deal with that? Full, right. So it's like, it my, was, I, you're like not half brother, not step brother, like your full brother. Well, he, my, he was adopted at gotcha. a, he was a baby. So he was the first baby that he was the first, he was okay. the oldest. And so like, it, and, it, and my mom couldn't have kids for years for like wow. eight plus years. And so this is like this, you know, miracle child right. that he had. And then he did this horrible thing. Um, and so she's like, what do I do in this type of situation? Like, I need to love you. And oh my I need God. To love him. How am I supposed to manage That's it? That's unimaginable. Right. And so That's it's really like, oh, it's hard. Jesus like Christ. I mean, think about like yourself as a mother and like, what I would was, you do in that? Yeah, truly. And then what was, what was your you, relationship like with him? Like for all those years that you kept quiet about it, like, did you just kind of shove it down and maintain some normalcy or was it like the kind of thing that you always really was really clearly like brewing there and like was about to erupt like at any moment, like it was really like hard for you to interact with him. Like what was like, sure. Um, so I was, I was eight right. when it happened. Um, and, and then like that time after it happened, I wanted to go tell mm-hmm. my mom. Um, so I, I went up to the kitchen to go tell her and he was there, um, in the kitchen with her. Wow. Um, so I knew at that point that I couldn't, um, because of the way that he, he was just a very like angry yeah. kid and he was just, he had, he just had a lot of emotional issues. Um, and so I knew, um, that if I did, that it would be I just the way that he was smirking and the way that he was in the room that I was like, okay, like, I know that I can't say anything. And so what, what was, I was grateful for was that like my brain turned it completely off and I forgot about mm-hmm. it. Um, like I was so traumatized by the situation, right. That I, that, I mean, and I, so from eight to about 14, I don't remember a lot of things with my brothers. There's like bits and pieces that I remember of like him trying to come and do right. it again and um, all of these different situations or the way that he would word things to me. I remember specific things like that. Um, but I didn't, I didn't fully understand until I was um, 14. And I wrote, I, I used to write in journals all the time, like daily, like every little tiny thought that ever came into my head. And I guess I wrote it in a journal. And the whole situation, exactly like step by step of what, how it happened, what I did, everything. Um, and then I put that journal away and like I had them in order on my bookshelf and all of this kind of stuff. And 
um, it was, I was 14 and you know, the people come into your school and they talk about that kind of stuff. And I remember like that triggered everything up wow. for me again, uh, because I was like, oh crap, that's, that's what that was. Right. Cause I didn't know. Now, I was eight. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I'm like, oh, that's what that was. Oh, this is what th- I'm supposed to do. So I remember being on the school bus, like in a panic, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, who am I? Do I tell somebody do it? And I didn't. I just because I'm like, I can't I, I just they're, they're not I'm 14. Like, they're not going to remember that I this is not real. Like, this is all pretend like I just thought, oh, it's just pretend I'm just making it up because somebody oh told God. me something that I, I would just assume. Right. And so it's just I have like all of these weird thoughts in my head, like, how do I deal with this? Or um, is this true? Am I am I lying to myself? No. Am I making this story up to myself? Um, and so I, I would write about it all the time. Um, and when I turned 18, um, during this time, my brother was like, just, he was very aggressive. We would get in fights all the time. Like he would, I would have friends over and he would get mad and want want something from me. And he would throw me like against the wall. It was like a very abusive type of a thing. Yeah. And he like, and my mom, she did the best that she could. Um, but she, I mean, she was a, my dad was off doing, you know, army stuff and she was home alone with seven kids. I mean, you can only do as much as you can. Um, and she knew about it and she tried to handle like taking it, like put him, you know, they, they did these kind of things that was called tough love mm-hmm. programs. And these programs, I don't know if you heard about them back in the day, these, you would send your kids that were difficult to other people's homes and that these people would then make the, them do chores. You're going to go and do these aggressive chores. And so then it Brad was somebody camp. else's parents being mean it to your like kids. I went to Brad yeah. camp once. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Brad yeah. Camp. So I guess it was like yeah. that. So they called it tough love. So she sent him and then I had another sister that was difficult and, my other sister, I'm um, away for a couple times because of trying to handle the situation. Right. But then you also have to do it secretly. Yeah, right. right? Wow. No. And um, I think that the religion right. that they have. And I think that with um, seven kids, I know my mom is one of eight kids. And I think that when there are so many kids, as much as it's awesome because you entertain one another, hopefully like you miss right, a right. lot. You also, exactly. A yeah. lot gets missed. And yeah a lot of like shady shit goes down and then like yeah Yeah. it's really it's not okay so like I I feel bad for your mom thinking about it but then I also feel so bad for you for him for everyone involved it's just right it's I mean and that's and and that's how I've how I've come to terms with it is like well what if I was in her position like what could I possibly did you have anger towards her for a while like growing up oh no um not not when I was growing up because um her and I was always close and we had a good relationship. We, we, I think it was more mad at yeah. my dad. Yeah. Like, for not like my there. dad should be the one. Right. Like, cause like it would be like, he should have been the one that handled the situation my, mm-hmm. with my brother. So I think I was more of like, I was angry mm-hmm. at him. Um, and I still find myself being angry at him, but um, like even now, like what, how it ended up happening and, they, and like my family finding out about it is that my sister, one of my sisters read my journal and it happened to be the journal that I wrote, like the detailed dis- um, inscription about, the whole thing and so she like she she brought it up to everybody else but me um and showed everybody else but me and then came and talked to me about it and my mom like and I I was at work and my mom picked me up from work uh, because I didn't have a car yet and she picked me up from home from work and she asked me oh my god that's so shocking and traumatizing in and of itself like when you're blindsided because I wasn't prepared yeah Yeah. totally Holy crap. Yeah. And, but I was like completely like 100% honest. And like, it was like a crying situation, like an ugly cry. And, and we had this whole big conversation. And then she asked me like, what do you want me to do? Oh, wow. And I'm like, well, what, what, what do you want me? Cause at this point I'm eight right, in my mind. Right. right. 
go and right go back, back there. there and yeah. Yeah. I go exactly there. And so I'm like, I don't know, I guess counseling. I don't know what you want me to like, I don't know what, because that's the only thing that I remember from when I, when people came into the school to talk to you about it, right? Like, Oh, you'll get counseling. Right. Like, <laughs> just the default answer. Right. Yeah. And you know, so what I mean, but then we had like this whole family sit down and like my brother wasn't there. He was like, he, he was out of the um, state. He lived somewhere else at that time. Cause he was way older. He's the oldest. So he was gone. Um, and so we, my, my family, it was like a family home evening. Like if you know, LDS yeah. religion, that's, that's what we were and um, or what I was. And, and so it was like family home evening. We're sitting there like all together and we're like my mom and my mom and dad's like, oh, Audrey's going to tell us what's, what's going on mm. with her. And oh, so I, like, I, oh, I, guess I'm I have the floor. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. So it was just, it was just strange. It was just a very strange situation. And so then at that point I realized that I had to be so strong for yeah. all of them. You know what I mean? Cause they were dealing yeah. with it. I dealt with it, but, and that's the thing, like I've dealt with this since right. I was eight. So like, I'm, I should be fine by now in my mind. That's what I'm thinking. That's not what they're saying to me. So I'm like, so I switched from like, okay, well I can't feel about it. I'm not supposed to deal with it. I've got to be there for um, these people that are grieving too. I, yeah. I have to be there yeah. for everybody else. Like, right. oh, and, and they cried and it was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. And it was just this whole big thing. And like, don't tell. And, and then it was like, nobody talk about <sighs> it. Um, and so it, it was very difficult for me because I, I'm a person that like, I want to talk about everything and anything because I think it's, it's clearly so how you process things. Um, Cause like you clearly like with yeah. your journal writing, you get everything out on the yeah. paper. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so it was just, so, and then that's when I met my husband and then that's when I started to go to counseling and then I moved out and, um, I left the religion. Like a, I was, I never really went like I, from 16 on, but I, I like fully right. left it. Um, I stopped talking to, I stopped coming to family functions because in a big family, everybody has a birthday, everybody's celebrating something. Um, so I stopped going wow. to those. Um, and I, re- and I would refuse to go if my brother was there and like, he knew that I knew. Um, and then he, during the process of me going to counseling, he ended up going to jail, um, for some unrelated mm-hmm. thing. And so my counselor had me write him a letter in jail, oh. um, about the whole situation, That's which I thought that was good. Like, no, that's really interesting because that, that provides a lot of like safe boundaries for you to get this out and yeah. process it and communicate with yeah. him in such a way yeah. that he's like, yeah. there's a safe container for it. Literally. Like- right. Exactly. It was, it was, it was the best thing that, that the counselor was shit. That was, the best <laughs> thing that, she did. that was the only thing that I am grateful for her about. Um, it's cause she was a free one. That oh get, like, at a yeah, yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? So like, She's doing her best, but that everything else was shit. And that was, the right. only thing was great. So, be, so she mailed the letter for me and sent it to jail. But what happened because it goes, to oh, jail, yeah. 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 So then the detect, then I get calls from detectives. Oh, um, and yeah, because there's, I, um, it was, it, you don't have a statutory um, time limit until you, until you have told somebody. Um, oh. And so, yeah. And that's how it was in Utah. So now they could process him and they could send him to jail for it. They could do all of these things. Um, and so I was like, heck yeah, let's go. Let's do this process. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? so you were like, so, you were interested um, in pursuing. For sure. You know, like, let's get going on that. And because I was See, like, to- I was in such like a raw place and mad right. at everybody. To me, that actually, I feel like that demonstrates like, in like inherent self-worth there because like a lot of people when they go through something like that like you were saying like when it first came out and it was kind of this surreal like revelation for everyone you were like apologetic and this and that and that's totally natural so I feel like 
that right. speaks volumes about the amount of intrinsic like self-worth that you had despite this and how resilient you were despite yeah, you were this... ready to like defend yourself yeah and, like that's fucking amazing yeah without like, that's amazing with, <laughs> without the backing of some of your family members like oh yeah I had no, right. no backing I, I think the reason why I was that way though just to make it clear because I think it um, I think people can be that way is that it was the fact that during that whole process I it, it was like I was writing in my right. journal I was discovering things about me I was making sure that I was like my own advocate of things because I wanted to know how it's I almost, was doing um, because nobody else was right. checking on me. Even it's my almost like really checking on it me. was so almost I a blessing to. that you had a shit counselor because I feel like it caused you yes. to have to self heal so much. And it really taught you how yes. to oh, yeah. work, get, through, work through any yeah. kind of a trauma, let alone like that one, let alone any kind of trauma. And so, right. so now For you sure. know that art writing, like that is one of your avenues through which like, it's not just a hobby. It's like exactly. truly cathartic. So, and we've yeah, talked exactly. about this before exactly. 100%. too. It's like such an expressive way, um, art specifically to like release things because yeah. like, you know, your oh, pen yeah. or, you know, paintbrush or whatever is just on the paper and you can just release mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be exactly. in the form of, you know, words. It doesn't have to be anything, but just like emotion, vomit, you know? Exactly. You, yeah. Give and it a place to go too. besides living in your soul. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. And so I did, so I did that. And then what ended up happening was, um, they go and they have, like, they bring him in the room and they have like this whole like conversation with him and he confessed to it all and he wrote it down and like signed it and said that he did it. Um, and all of that kind of stuff, which that's was nice for me to have. Like that that? was nice to hear. Did you think that he was going? No, no way. No way. Um, I, I thought for sure he would, he would pretend that it didn't happen yeah. for sure. Um, and, but then it also pissed me off because then I knew I was, uh, that I was right. It, that I didn't. Make right. It up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's totally a bittersweet. So I was mad that I didn't make it up. Like I, I, I would, I, at some, uh, there's some parts of me. I'm like, I wish that it was I just know. me pretending. That what a weird, you know what I mean? I can imagine because it's like, you've been, you know, yeah. you've been in your head with these thoughts for so many years and then. The it's, first mm-hmm. time you were validated validated by the person who violated you. And it's confirmation, and, yeah, right, that it's exactly. not just, like, this false memory. It's not, yeah. like, some sort of, like, fantasy. Right. Which, of course, if you've been through something horrible, you want to believe, like, it was a nightmare. Like, you want to believe that, like, right. no, this fucked up thing did not happen to me. But like, if you're the only person talking right. about it, it's hard to get that validation. So it's, like, your right. mind plays so many tricks yeah. right. to defend itself, too. Yeah. And, and so it's, just, it was a weird feeling and it's still weird. It's still a weird feeling for me to, to like realize that that, that has happened because I feel like now at this point in my life, like, um, what ended up happening, he never got prosecuted. The, the detective <sighs> did too, and he never followed through. Um, and so by the time that it was actually ready to where I could have done that, it like my, um, the length of time that you're allowed to have. And what a dumbass um, thing at to that do. Point, yeah, like- it was, it just, it was just, yeah, shit. because, and, and, it, and it was, and I think for me, it was because I didn't follow up with like, for, here's my excuses. I didn't follow up with the detective bullshit, right? He's yeah. No. Job. And then, uh, um, but it, at the same time, it's like, I, I was, I was so good with the fact that he wrote it down. Right. And that was kind that of, did it, that I was like, do I need to continue to, to put harm to right, my family? Yeah. It's not, it's also like, just. It's also like rubbing, it's keeping the wound open for you, maybe also. Like, yeah, yeah. 
And yeah, so totally. in a way, maybe like some backhanded, way, like it was actually a blessing that it worked out the way that it yeah. did because it allowed you to just yeah. be like, okay, this is in my rear view as much as humanly possible now. It will always be with right. me somewhat, but right. I can develop a healthier relationship with it now as much as possible, if that makes sense. So- exactly. No, and, and I feel like that's exactly how I felt at that moment. I was like, there's, there's no point to continue well, to go how back long, to it. How long so ago then I, was that, that this happened and that he's been out of jail, actually? I mean, he, well, he's been in and out okay, of jail his whole yeah. life. So, gotcha. um, but at that point, I, I think I, you know, my family found out he confessed, like, when I was 18, he confessed when I was 19. Um, I was, I got married when I was mm-hmm. 20, right? Um, and then I had kids and, and so my process of dealing with that, like it was like, everything was brought up. Um, nobody talked about it again. I got my confession. I pretended that I, I moved on from it. Right. Then I had kids. Right. And I'm, and I'm dealing with postpartum depression. Yeah. Like like, turning my whole life into like changing who I was at my own personality. Right. To fit into what I thought was me. Yeah. What a clusterfuck. (laughs) Yeah, we have yeah. exactly. I have you, three oh, kids. Wow. Um, so yeah. how do you, so, do you find that like, and this is probably not even an easy question to answer, but like, do you find that this particular situation has impacted the way that you parent, like has impacted oh, how yeah. in positive and or negative ways, like in your mind, like I, I have talked about sex with them since they were a baby. Like, yeah, you know no, I mean? but like, that's actually so fucking good. I, I think. love that. I, yeah. I, really and it's really and like that. everything is like the right yeah, name. Exactly. And like anatomically correct. Like, and just putting yeah. it out there so that they oh, are yeah. educated, like and have a I healthy mean, relationship fantastic. with sex. Yeah. It's huge. Exactly. And with because their bodies. I, I mean Yeah. Totally. Oh yeah, exactly. With their bodies too. And when you have like when you for me anyway, like because I was raped, I had a hard time knowing what's like how to be with sex you know what I mean like what am I supposed to feel about this like I'm supposed to enjoy this or um or like I would think that you know the things that I would do with other you know with my husband would be like oh well I'm I'm gonna just let him do right right and and I never had like a say it for myself so there was lots of years that I, I just didn't stand up for myself in that sense there either. And so I had to learn how to do that through a relationship. And then, and, and so I age. go through all of this thing. Yeah. When people, young yourself. Yeah, exactly. when most people are yeah. like just going through their like, you know, quarter life crisis without kids, even like without mm-hmm. a husband, like, yeah. it's like, it's an impossible time, even with extra stuff. And like, yeah, it's funny how the relationships can be for as tumultuous and like, you know, heartbreaking heartwarming as relationships can be how they can really be the avenue through which like we grow if you're committed to doing it doing that work together as a couple like you grow so much you really discover so so many of your triggers so many places in which you still need to grow and like develop more comfort so so it's actually again probably one of those things that it actually expedited your growth in a way as much as it also made it that much harder like Right. But I think for me, like, I like the challenge of it. Like I've learned to love the challenges of mistakes and failures and hard things because I, I want so much growth in my life that I'm like, yeah, give me all the hard right. shit. You want me to grow and be like a, a 10 times better person yes. than I've ever been? Then you yes. give me the hardest thing 
that it could possibly have because I'm going to learn so much from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because I am that way, like I parent my kids Beautiful. that way. Like I treat my husband yep. that way. Like, it's like, okay, well now this, like, okay, find us. Yeah. I find right? that I, with every fight that my boyfriend and I have, or that at anybody, but like in particular in a relationship, right. I find that like most of the time our fights bring us way closer because we have to yeah we have to problem solve and like sift through it and in a right. way I love when we fight for that reason because I'm like ooh we're right, right. real close like it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, no. psycho man yeah it's so true though <laughs> it's re- I think there's a lot of people nowadays that they just give up and they don't want to fight through totally things, um, yes. because it, it seems like Oh, if I leave and I'll go find something yeah. that's easy. Bullshit. And, and e- love is supposed to be easy. Life is supposed to nah. be easy. Um, and no, you're yeah, you got to work problem. through the bullshit, and then maybe it's a little easy. But like, no matter who, it's I find I believe that it's very, very, very rare to just effortlessly fall into place with yeah. somebody. Like relationships, right. like they drudge up your insecurities. Like they, dr- as for as amazing yep. as they are, they're also horrifying and really like make you self-doubt and self-question yourself and your abilities whether or not you can maintain this relationship like all those things come into play and so it's like if you don't fix it with this particular person or work on it it's just going to show up with another person eventually Mm -hmm. oh yeah because you haven't you haven't fixed yourself yet so how, how are you supposed to continue to love somebody differently when you're, when you're choosing right, to be the same? Right. So how can you truly love anyone if you don't have some level of self-love for like, cause otherwise I feel like you're just doing a dance to impress them, you know? Or you're understanding. Like, oh yeah. I feel like that was, I, like I, and we, you can edit this out, Marlena, but I feel like you're <laughs> speaking right to me. So I'm just like on the verge of crying right now we don't have to edit it out shut up (laughs) (laughs) this is gold (laughs) okay okay. well um yeah I just feel like especially you know those who get you said you got married at 20 yeah and it's so hard because like you said Marlena you're navigating and it's like you know especially Mm -hmm. with like social media right now and everything Mm -hmm. you're comparing yourself to so many different lives and just you know the good blurps of those lives and it's like no one wants and I feel like you know divorce is so high because it's so easy and you can like find someone through tinder or instagram or whatever because it looks better and prettier and shinier right and it's just like it's so refreshing to hear someone who's like been through shit to be like no keep fucking going like totally keep going yeah and you know fight it out it's just so not it's so not the way things are done nowadays like uh, granted of course some some couples like are like the outliers thank god but like I think that a lot of people do think like oh I deserve to feel like a like a princess or like you know a king all the time and like it's so it's such a fallacy it's not real like the things that make you really I'm gonna read a quote that I just pinned the other day that like really like, hold on. Um, but it's just, it's such a fallacy because honestly, I find that as much as I fucking hate the shit out of my boyfriend when he's being a like little twat waffle, yeah. I also feel like he, <laughs> I, I fall more in love with him. And I, and I really respect yes. the fact that he loves me when he's seen the worst of me. Well, and like, you have right. understanding too, because it's like you get perspective, like when you fight and when you kind of go through those combative periods, it's perspective of like what they're going through. And sometimes it takes that right. and then you step back. And... I think 
yeah, yeah, like when you're honest with your partner, I think that it opens up a whole like landscape of vulnerability. Like vulnerability is so feared by so many, especially men. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. vulnerability yeah. is where like the sweet stuff is. Like that is where you yes. really fucking connect and really fall in love yes. and even if it's awkward and like messy at first you get there like practice yeah. makes perfect it's not always exactly. I've, I've been with my boyfriend for three years and I'm still like a hot mess with him like all the time and some even like even now I get like butterflies like and I feel awkward like yeah. what am I gonna talk about on the phone with him even though he's my best friend like yeah. it's just the way it is and like I feel like we have to be more forgiving with ourselves like just because we have Mm -hmm. those moments doesn't mean you're not with the right person and I think that the narrative is so like I don't know like when you meet the right person you'll just know and like you know it'll just like fall into place and no it doesn't like I have worked my ass off in my relationship and that's why I love it so much and why it feels rock solid so and I feel like that's just like a microcosm of like, you know, just in general, just how it is with any relationship, whether it's at work, whether it's with friends, whether it's with your husband, your wife, like uh, when you're being like for me, like with our whole mission is about bullying. Like I find that the more I'm myself, yeah, there's some people who like, I don't drive with me, but most people like really connect with me because I'm being authentic even when I'm being like completely you know spastastic you know so it's (laughs) there's you have to find confidence in that but it takes a long ass time and a lot of false starts and setbacks and yeah did you ever like forgive your brother like are you still working through that like how good how does that look now um, now, like, we can be in the Oh, same. wow. Wow. Um, yeah. I not like, we, you to we say have, that. We have conversations. Um, <laughs> like, it, we have conversations. Like, we've had um, a conversation about the situation. Um, it, it was, you know, like, him him acknowledging it and me forgiving wow. him. Um, and so, like, I, I don't have a lot of ill will to, towards him because I believe in these types of situations there's something that – um, either happened to the person that, that did this to somebody. Right. Um, and so I don't know it, what happened to him, but there was, a, there's a reason why he was so angry. I mean, he, he grew up in a family that was, you know, he was adopted and right. so different than the rest of us. And I'm sure that that was a difficult thing for him too. So there's, everybody goes through something. He just chose to react to the situation in his life in a way that wasn't appropriate with right. his sister. Um, and so I can't fault him for those types of things in a, you know, in a time that he didn't know what to do with him his own self. And so he was just in a situation that was just not right. good. Um, and so I've, I've forgiven him on that sense. Um, for me, it's more of like, I have, I've have to forgive yeah. myself. Yeah. Like that's where I'm at is like, always comes um, back. there was lots of moments. It always comes yeah, back to us. I, I have to, exactly. I have to, I have to one, I have to let it go. And, and sometimes like anytime that I'm having like difficult times in my life, I used to use that as the excuse. Oh, well, I'm right. this way because I was right. right. You know what I mean? And, and I wanted to u- pretend that I was this victim of it, but I'm like, well, not really. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm doing stupid shit in my life because I, I chose to do that stupid shit. It's not because right. something that happened to me. I think it's all about a balance though, too. Like, which I, like, I feel like yeah. as much as that's true, like, yes, you have to let it go. And it's not the, the other side of the coin yeah. is that, Hey, you're human. And like, you have to have, you have to 
have self-compassion when you're having a bad day with it or when, or maybe that is the root of a bad behavior sometimes. Like it's about kind of like realizing that we are human. We are imperfect. Like we are imperfect and some days are for like moving on and like being happy and like putting it in your rear view. Some days like it's actually healthy, counterintuitively healthy to work through it and be sad about it or oh, yeah, to kind of look at a bad behavior and think, oh, is this mm-hmm. related to that? Like, is the root there, like, actually from this thing right. that happened so long ago that, like, you wouldn't necessarily realize, but it really is that. Yeah, and- I don't think there's, like, a right, you know, because, like, you go to count, the, you know, you do everything they're supposed, they're telling you to do. You go to counseling, right. and you do this, but I don't think there's, like, a right way to, like, navigate trauma. No, and I, and I think that people, I mean, we live in this instant world that you yeah. want like an instant, like, okay, right. now I'm better. Um, and, but it, it's never that way for anything, right? Like I, you have brain drama all the time. Like you're just going to be spinning in your brain about different things that happens in your right. life and you, and you can make the decision that you're going to act on it continuously, putting yourself in a spiral of de- you know, desperation and depression, or you can choose to be like, well, you know what? I know that this happened to me, but that doesn't have control over me. I can, I can continue to move forward and use it as a strength right. instead of use it as well, a I think that's part of the problem is like a lot of people want that instant gratification, like you just said, which of right. course, who wouldn't yep. when you're going through hell, right. you want to get the fuck right. out of it. But the sad right. part is, but also the beautiful part, I guess you could say, <laughs> is that if you didn't take true time to really go through that mess of a situation, you'd never become resilient. Like you'd never, like you develop resiliency from those like sometimes lengthier trials, but they do eventually pass. You do eventually rise above, like if you're committed to it, I find. And so it's like, we need those terrible situations sometimes to develop, to cultivate that strength that you're talking about. And so I feel like that's why there should never be like any such thing as regrets because right. honestly, every single thing compiled together, like it, it shapes you into the person that you are. Exactly. And it's amazing exactly. that you found strength in this like really like, this is a, like, what you went through was a really traumatizing thing. Like, and it involved your family. Oh, yeah. And there's something yeah. about that. Like, when the people who are supposed to love you the hardest and, like, that's supposed to be your safety zone. And that's where yeah. you kind of have the least amount of trust now. That's so, yeah. it's amazing that you turned it into something so beautiful. Well, I look at it as, like, I, I'm grateful for the fact that it did happen to me and the way that it did. Um, because now I am more strong about that. And I, and I have a lot of like my, a lot of my siblings, cause I mean, they've had, they have their own stories with situations, right? right? So they come to me about those types of things and, and, and see that there's other ways to move through right. this instead of u- utilizing like, or abusing right. like, alcohol right. or you're doing all of this you're other a role stuff. model to them now. And like, honestly, that in and of itself, even if you didn't do anything, if, even if you didn't talk them through it, just modeling, like you know, yeah. that strength is inspiring to other people and can shift the lives of others. So that's really amazing that. Yeah. And, and that's why I think that I'm so like, that's why I want to, why I share about it. And I've talked right. about it like, and I've, and I've blogged about it for years and, and it's, it's something that it's, it's so easy for me to have these conversations about now, just for the fact that it's like, I feel like I'm finally like at the end of 
um, the line of where I'm supposed to go with this trauma that now like it can definitely be moved and, and packed away and, and gone. And I, I can focus on other things in my life, but, um, but still gain the strength that I've had. And I think it's um, evidence that to- you should be proud of yourself. Like, I think it's evidence that like, oh, I'm proud of as much as it's like, yeah. like this morbid topic, it's also like, wait, I'm kind of a badass that I moved through that. Like as yeah. weird as that sounds. So yeah, it's, Right. And I think it's, I think it's hard for people to realize that you're able to have that. Like, because like, I mean, with you guys hearing the story for the first time, I'm sure it was like, oh my God, this is like a shocking right. thing. And, and you have to think about it in a different way. And the people that will listen to this will be like, oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, it's, you, you're hearing it and you're going to experience my story in a way that's going to trigger you in any other way in your life. And I have to be okay with the fact that I've grown from mine and you can, you can take bits and pieces of how I have moved on and moved forward in my life and hopefully utilize it in yours. And I think that's so important about when we collect other people's stories is that we can find the strength in each other to be able to move forward and to grow and to, to better ourselves and to, to get ourselves out of a sticky situation that maybe we were like, Oh really? You're allowed to let this go or you're allowed to move forward and you're allowed to forgive this person. Like, yeah, of course it's, yeah. And I think it's awesome yeah. that it's like, and the, the path of healing is messy. Like it's not a straight totally. line. And I think that's yeah. like so yeah. powerful. Like I was, and we haven't, cause we both have our stories and we haven't like shared ours on the podcast yet. But um, one of mine is up on the blog that we have and something that I, cause I was sexually assaulted when I was a teenager as well. And one of the things that like I used as a defense mechanism was I, you know, would not sleep around, but I made it look like that I was like sluttier than I was. Oh my God. And I did the exact yeah, same and thing. The thing. And I felt so much shame about that. Cause I'm like, everyone thinks I'm a slut, yes. but I'm really not. But like, yes. but it's just one of those. I told my husband stories. I, I, I made up stories to make him think that I was, yeah. I was forced him and to have I sex with like, me. And he like still doesn't but, understand and it's so, that. Yeah. But I'm so glad that you like have perspective on that and understand because a lot of, I tell a lot of people that and they're like, why? Like, why? and I'm just like, because yeah. when, when something, when someone violates you, you feel like you don't have control yeah. over your body. And so you want to make it look right. like to everyone else that you do, even if that means like yeah. presenting yourself as promiscuous or whatever. And right. that was my yes. defense mechanism. And I, I am on yeah. the same level with you. So yes. Anyway, I just wanted to share that. And you know, for people listening too, it's like, it doesn't mean healing is not a straight line just like trauma no and that's okay and it's yeah. totally okay to fuck up it's totally okay totally. yes you know and it's beautiful and it it you blossom from it and you learn from it and yeah I'm just yes. like yeah we're in it right now this is good no absolutely absolutely <laughs> I, like healing is probably it's actually healing in itself can be traumatizing actually yeah. like oh it is yeah be, it's amazing and it's so worth it and it's hard to feel that way when you're in the midst of it or when you've been doing really well right. and then you have a setback and you're like holy fuck am I ever gonna be okay mm-hmm. like well and I think people want it to be like it's a so one and done. like okay I, I feel that I moved on and it's no. not a one and done it's you go back and you learn what you forgot to learn right. in the first place and then you and you move on and then you go back again like there's plenty of times that I've gone back um, to the trauma and like, okay, well now I have to relearn how but to, I have think to navigate it like as a wife too. Right. It's like right as yeah. a person in your life. It's like, it's still there and it doesn't define yes. you or anything like that, but it's going to always right. be there. You are and it's in a partnership. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and, 
and I think it's so important that like that's okay and because like you've forgiven yourself and you've forgiven your brother you're able now to like access it and you know yeah navigate it as an adult also I think it's I think your perspective on like like I've had situations of my own that like I won't get into but like I I've forgiven people for that and because Mm -hmm. I've forgiven people people tend to think that I lied about the situation when really when exactly when really it's like no I actually just really pity this person who did this because first of all he knows everyone knows so that's god that's embarrassing and I'm sorry for you second of all like (laughs) like second of all um look I I get it. Like, I don't want to be defined by the worst thing I've ever done in my life. And like, it's right. not, I'm not giving anyone a get out of jail free card. It's just that I see that this person was sick, like in his mm-hmm. own way. Yeah. And right. it's, and so it's really cathartic and healing to forgive, not like in a way it's hard. I guess it's, it's very situational, yeah. but, um, and right. some days, I can fully forgive and move on. And some days I'm like, I fucking hate this dude. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yep. That's part of it. Yep. Like, it's just wherever you're at in that yep. moment, like just own it. And you never, and the thing about it is sometimes you'll never know that you're in right. that moment. Right. And so it's just like, oh, well, okay, right. now I'm here again. And that's, that's the fine. thing is like, we're going to hate this what, person for And minute, when we have setbacks, we're so quick to beat up on ourselves for it. But the truth yeah. is like, I mean, setbacks, I, I get, I wish I could just, get inside everyone's head including my own when I'm having my own setbacks because I'm like I you know bully myself for having setbacks too even though I'm like 30 years old right like and um <laughs> I feel like I just want people to know that just because you're having a setback that's the natural progression and those setbacks as annoying and as painful as they are they set you forward they, push they you. set you forward even if yeah. it doesn't feel like it and it's like yeah they what's the word I'm looking for they I think that when you're in it when you're in a setback you that darkness like creeps in again whereas Mm -hmm. really yeah you're gonna be fine in like a week like or maybe not or maybe it'll take a month but like you're gonna forget about this down period it's gonna be okay and I wish that people knew that it was worth it to get through those setbacks to get to the the other side I'm so concerned with like the rate of suicide nowadays and not realizing that there is a light at the end like people not realizing that it's and not that it, all like, here sometimes now takes work like i think what yeah what you guys were work. saying earlier it's like you know and the work so is gratifying easy. yeah but it's so easy to be like well they've got it good or they're doing well and you know i find myself slipping into those thoughts too like as a mom i mean marlene yeah. like, i talk to you all right. the time like i i so struggle dumb. with yeah. having a child like, yeah totally for and you know it you just gotta have to push through and be like I you know what I'm allowed and I tell my son this all the time it's like you're allowed to be angry you're allowed to feel things yep yeah and it's like why why are you so mothering and nurturing towards him and allowing towards him but you don't extend (laughs) you don't extend that same no exact nurturing to yourself when really like that's well it's easier to take somebody it's it's easier to take care of somebody else besides yourself because you know like, you know what you're supposed to know, so then you feel guilty about it. So then you go in this, like, shame right. spiral, and you're, like, you have all of your brain drama, and you don't know what you're doing with yourself. And so it's easier just to keep going down right. in the toilet 
um, than to, to climb out when it's, when you can cl- help somebody else climb out. And I think that's why stories yes. are so important because if you, when other people listen to each other, they're like, okay, now right. I can move forward. Now, now I can I'm like myself listening to, to you speak and like what you started off mm-hmm. with about the moms. And I'm like, yes, like, then, like, <laughs> yeah. you're the only one, like, you know, no. And yeah. Like, and I, it's so important to get together and to and to do that. And I think that's uh, with having social media, I think that's what takes away a lot of things nowadays um, is that we we've conditioned ourselves that, oh, we're, we can we're going to be by ourselves, pretending that we're together. Right. And we're going to compare ourselves to each other. And so I think now there's this trend of like, OK, shit, we got to get out. We got to get out of the mm-hmm. social world and into the real world. And like, I think that's why it's so important to have those connections or have these conversations and undo those types of things, because then like, it's, it's not like a place for you to continue no. to spiral yourself out because it's easy to sit by yourself and scroll and compare. Um, and it's harder to do that when you're in a group of people or when you're having a conversation with somebody. You're in a vacuum um, when you're you know, just behind so- your screen. Like you're in a vacuum. Whereas when you're listening yeah. to people's storytelling, like you get to rewrite the story. You get to rewrite your own story because you're like, yeah. oh, wait, that sounds a lot like mine. And like, mm-hmm. wait, why she's making a lot of sense. And oh, I really love her. And like the way she's speaking, like you right. find – Common ground. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and momentum. Like, yeah. You feel kind of like yes. revitalated. Oh my God. What what am I looking Revitalized. for? Revitalized. <laughs> Revitalized. Revitalized. Um, yeah. I can't even. Oh my God. I'm like, so I'm in it right now because I feel that way. But um, yeah, you just yeah. kind of get this push. Cause even like I said, like listening to you, I'm just like, I can totally relate to everything you're saying and you know and I thought that I've done the work to heal myself but it's like you know you're constantly we're never done yeah (laughs) well and that's I think that's what life is though right isn't that the purpose of life is to continue to find the challenges and to overcome them like so I don't know why there's like a a lot of us think that it's supposed to be um where happiness go lucky all the time and that doesn't make sense because then why are you here totally your whole purpose is to learn and to grow and to move forward. And the only way for you to do that is to have challenges is to have. Yeah. I kind of love depression is to have. I love looking back on all the things I've conquered. And like, I know that I'll love looking back on this time period one day of all the things that I conquered at this time, even though life's pretty great. Like, you know, it's like, right. Right. It doesn't matter. Like there's never a season that, is without strife and difficulty in some way, but there's so much more beauty that eclipses all that strife and that outweighs that strife. And that's what I want to convey. That's so funny that you said that because um, recently me, this was probably a couple months ago, me and my husband, we decided to like do my grandmother. She used to give me like all these books, like the fill in the blank, like how to build your marriage, you know, you know, those like books that grandmas give and yeah. Yeah. um, she passed away last year and I was like cleaning my shelf and going through them and just like looking at her handwriting. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to fill one of these out. So me and my husband sat down and like did it together. And one of the questions was like, what moment are you the most thankful for like in your marriage? And I wrote like deciding Mm. that we're going to stay together. That moment where Mm. you like verbalize, like, you know what? Yeah. This is hard. And like you suck sometimes and I suck mm-hmm. sometimes. And, <laughs> but like yep. right now we're going to decide that we're going to suck together and like do it. And like we're worth fighting it. for. Yeah. And it was like that moment, despite all the shit, you know, 
is right. the moment that I'm the most thankful for because yeah. we both chose each other. Totally. And it's just exactly. like, it's just a reminder that you have to be thankful for those moments, the moments that you like, you know, set up straight and decide to choose yourself or, you know, whatever. Right. And I think it's just right. really important. So speaking of that, I found uh, the two quotes that I was talking about. They're short. So can oh, I read? Sure. Okay. So yes. um, just on the topic of relationships and finding like um, self-love amidst the, like, you know, all the ups and downs of relationships. Um so this one is by Bo Taplin. It says, you know, uh, you want to know what it was the moment I knew you were it. It was when I showed you the darkest parts of me. And instead of running away, you rolled out a blanket, laid on your back and pointed out the stars. And then the other one is, I know, I Connie Berdera. And then it's called Naked. And it says, my greatest moment of intimacy was not the evening we took off all our clothes, but it was when you saw me at my most difficult state, like how you wit- like how you witnessed the most unlovable parts of me as I slowly unraveled each imperfection in front of you like a scar. And despite, oh God, I can't read this. And despite all of this, you loved me harder anyway. Mm-hmm. And like, despite all of those scars and all those things that you've been through, Audrey, you've been through Jess, that I've been through, that's it's not that like our partners love us in spite of it. It's like they love us for right. it, but it took a very long because time yeah. and a lot of cultivation of self-love to, to really find that kind of love in a relationship. Well, And I think the thing about that quote, that's awesome is it talks about the other person, you know, it takes work for that other person too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, I'm going to be here through it. And I think like, that's, I feel like not enough people talk about that. Like, you know, I don't know about your relationship with your husband, Audrey, but I'm sure like with you working through everything, he's got to work through it all too. Cause that's a lot. Yeah. Right. Cause I mean, he, he saw me go through all of the like hate for my family, yeah. the hate for my brother. And then it's like, well, he's, but now you're okay yeah. with them. Like, right. so he didn't know how to like transition to that. Like, oh, we're, we're okay to like yeah. them. Yeah, so he had to to grow with it, and 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 then he's like, well, what what way am I supposed to be? Like, am I am I supposed to be mad? Am I right. supposed to be okay? Like, and so it was, and he was always confused because I was always confused, and I was just trying to grow through it, and he was like, oh well, I like I don't know how I'm supposed to be with you, and so, um, we had to like relearn how yeah, to love yeah. each other in that sense, right? Because there was so much Confusion. stuff that would be triggering by it that it was hard for me to even have sex with yeah. him because of the fact that I was like I. I, this stuff would come up and it, it would remind me about all of the stuff right. that happened. And then I, and so then he, it was like, Oh, do I right. touch you now? Mm-hmm. Or am I supposed to like, cause he's trying to be God, respectful. So, so I think that we do forget that. Like we forget how um, the people in your life are supposed to go on the journey mm-hmm. with you, but they're, they're not experiencing it in the same way as you and that they have to experience it. However, it, it affects right. them. No, and it they is. Have to it's learn them the same so, way. That's what I learned. And I mean, me and my husband have worked through my own trauma in our marriage too, but like, I'm thinking about like when you were talking about your mom and, you know, as an adult, you just see things so differently. And it's like, you look back and you're like, man, like this was hard for everyone. And it's like, it's not just your situation anymore. No, I mean, I think that my boyfriend happens to like struggle, you know, we've been together for a while now, so he's gotten a lot better, Uh, but 
there's definitely moments where I think he feels inadequate when I'm spiraling because he's like, yeah. and I trigger yep. insecurities of his that he can't be my safe container. And then he will lash out at me because he just feels bad that he can't, you know, yeah. it's like, it's really interesting. And when you're in it, when you're in a spiral, like it's hard to see, like, you just like want to be like the other yeah. person's being a piece of shit right now, you know, like, whereas really like, yeah. Yeah. we're all human. We all trigger one another. Like we all have insecurities and whether you realize it or not, even if you're having your own moment, it can be a lot for the other person too. Like, so yeah. not to say that, you know, we should ever necessarily like carry guilt for having low moments. Like we're human, but it's just, it's, just a way of empathizing with everyone in this situation. Well, I think we're, we should just give everybody a permission to, to right. be a human, right? Like it, it, that's what it comes down to is like, yes, I'm dealing with my own shit. So I'm going to deal with it the way that I need to. And yes, you're going to have to deal with my shit too. And you're going to have to deal with it the way that right. you need to. And, and we can't get mad at each other for the way that we choose to deal with it. Right. And I think that's like the thing that I think is hard to learn, especially in a relationship because um, everybody in a relationship is selfish. Mm -hmm. Like they want their needs met before you meet somebody else's needs. And then we don't understand why you're mm -hmm. not doing that. So when you choose not to have the, the conversation, um, that is the difficult conversation. Like we talk about when I was saying with the women that's in the group, like you're going to have that really hard conversation with whoever you're choosing to be with in your life. And you're going to have to let them know, these are the things that I need. These are where I'm not being met at. Is it something that we can work on together or is it something that I need to work on for myself and then work on it with you? And so it's just, a, you have to be able to navigate the way that you're, you're living your life or, and the way that your, your emotions are and the trauma and things that have happened. Cause everybody has them regardless of how severe or not they are. It still does affect you in a way that is supposed to affect you because that is what life is about. And that's what you're supposed to do. And you're supposed to grow through all of those types of things, but it's difficult to admit that that you're not going to be perfect. And like my, my son's karate sensei that he has, um, they always say that um, practice makes permanent, um, not perfect. And so that's the way that I think of things like, okay, the more that you practice, you're going to permanently remember how to continue to go through the next hard thing that mm -hmm. comes in your life. So if you can continue to keep practicing and permanently getting yourself in a state that you're like, okay, this is another tool that I can add to my belt that I can keep going through life, you're going to be more successful at that when their harder things come. And you're going to be able to say, okay, I don't need to panic. I've been here before. What can I use to get myself out of the situation? Hmm. I read one of your blog posts about um, the tackling one bleeder at a time. I oh, love yeah. that. I love that whole thing. So how like you can't fix it all at once and like you kind of let go of the guilt surrounding that and instead you find like the yeah. little joys along the way so you have I mean, to yeah absolutely and yeah I, and I feel like that's what you've done like you know and I think that's yes. also why growth can take so long is because yes. you first were not that things are like linear like this but you know just for lack of a better way of like kind of thinking about it like First, you were dealing with this, like, horrible, like, really dealing with this horrible trauma. Then it's, like, you're right. dealing with how to be a wife within that context. Then you're dealing with how to be a mom. Then you're dealing with, ooh, I don't feel amazing in this role. Yeah. So, like, how can I, like, you know, what – it's just, like, you're constantly – 
transitioning constantly transitioning yeah yeah and I think though I think that if I didn't go through the trauma that I did when I was eight that I wouldn't have been able to see that I was in postpartum Mm -hmm. depression um because I didn't know that I was in it I just knew I didn't I didn't want to be did you have that with your first child or was it with all of your children um so like well Gunner so my oldest it was fine and we were it was great he was a, a perfect pregnancy perfect baby Everything was perfect. Like everything went flawlessly. He was he's so smart and every, all of the, the, the things that he walked at the time he was supposed to talked before he was supposed to. Right. So it was like, I, I had this amazing life with him and it was not a big deal. Um, but then I had Gunner, um, who is my middle one and all of that kind of stuff changed because, um, he wasn't talking and he wasn't, he wouldn't crawl like he would crawl like a gorilla everywhere. And he, you know, he was having tantrums and he wasn't eating and he wasn't, and he wasn't doing all of these things. And, and I had to like discover why that was like, and so I I'm grateful that my son was my oldest was the way that he was supposed to be right. Quote unquote mm-hmm. normal. Um, because then I was able to see that my middle son Gunner wasn't living up to those same expectations. And so I got myself resources and I was like, Oh, well, he has, you know, speech apraxia, oh, which is wow. um, a disorder in his brain where he wasn't able, like, he knew, he knew the words, like, because he ended up speaking, and then all of a sudden, he he lost how to speak. He forgot completely how to do it, and it was because of the speech apraxia, which then led me to, like, research. Like, I mean, when they tell you, like, moms are, like, better detectives <laughs> when their kid is having something wrong with them, like, it's the truth. Like, I Googled every little shit thing that I could about what speech apraxia was, and I learned that my son... Like I diagnosed my son with autism before we took him to a doctor and the doctor was like, yeah, he's autistic. You know what I mean? So like, uh, it was like all of these fears and all of these things that was happening. So like, I was in like this desperate, like trying to figure out, I felt alone because my husband was working all the time. Nobody's understanding me. I didn't have friends. Right. I didn't have any of the stuff. And I was like in this emotional state. And then I'm dealing with the fact that we're having like all these speech therapists come in, all of these different um, things that we're doing to try to get him some therapy for his autism and all, you know, like learning all of this stuff. Like, and then I have to mourn the fact that I don't have a normal child. Like, and, and so you go through this whole mourning process of like, Oh, well, he's not, he's going to have all of these trials and I'm going to have to deal with all of these things with him. How are, how is this relationship going to be? And then I got, I got pregnant um, with my youngest Annie as a surprise. Like she was not planned, not ready. It was just, you know, a year and a half after, um, we found out about Gunner's diagnosis. And so it was just difficult. And then my husband's father died. And so, I mean, like when you, whenever you're in the midst of everything that's going wrong, everything goes wrong. Right. And so that's kind of how I was. And so, um, I didn't know that I was in postpartum. Like I knew I didn't want to be pregnant and I knew, and I never like, um, wanted a baby shower. I didn't want any of these things. Like I was so mad at her and I was allergic to Andalyn when I was pregnant with her. So I just covered in rashes. Um, so everything was going wrong with my pregnancy with her too. And so after she was born, um, I was still in that postpartum depression and not realizing. And I just remember spe- specifically, there was like a time, like it was um, New Year's Eve. And I was like, I can't live this life anymore. And like, I'm bawling, nursing my baby, my fam, like my boys were screaming and running through the house. And my husband was dead asleep on the couch, not helping me. And I was like resentful and I hated him. <laughs> and I'm just like, like a kid on my boob. And I'm like, <laughs> I am not meant to have this life. Like, this is not who I was supposed to be. And I, I, I just bawled and everybody fell asleep wherever they were supposed to on that night. And I just 
told the universe, I'm like, I need a purpose. I just need a freaking purpose. Just give it to me. I'm like, I cried and I begged for it. Um, And I I woke up the next morning um, and it wasn't like this magic thing. Like I tell people, it's not like this magic thing that happened. But I remember that I knew when I woke up that I was not going to make the decision to go back to the life that I had, that I was choosing to have a different life. And I was going to figure out how that was going to be. And I didn't know how to do it. I had no idea. I didn't have friends. So I was like, what, what are the things that I needed to do? Like, what, are, what, are, what did I want in my life? And I wanted connection. I'm like, how can I find connection? I have no idea. Right. And so I'm like, what, what, what was the other time that I had that I knew that I loved my life? And I was like, that's when I yes. wrote, when yes. I blogged and when I uh, did art. So that's what I did. I started creating art. And I started writing and then I started creating art and sharing my writings and sharing my art on social media, which I'm so grateful for because that opened up to a community of people, which then opened up to Facebook groups that were local to my town, which then I go went and met these women who I went to their monthly dinners. I was that same woman that I was talking about earlier that was like, I'm just going to pretend online and I'm going to go be quiet in the back room when I go visit their monthly dinner things. And then all of a sudden, like they gave me the encouragement that I needed to see that I it, that they had the same problems or similar problems or they understood what was going on with me and and because in the monthly dinners after we it was a potluck you would bring all everybody would bring something to eat and then at the end and you would just mingle and at the end it was like okay you um, they would ask you a question and the, and everybody go, would go around the room and answer that question and so that's how we started to get to know each other is because they would ask very deep questions, you know, like things that made you think about. And so each woman would say something and they would just fall or they would cry or they would go hug each other. And it it was so cathartic. It was just like, I had never, because I thought I wasn't supposed to like women, like, because I I didn't have women as like when I was younger Mm -hmm. as friends, because they were catty and we were mad at each other all the time. Right. So much drama. So when I had like started making friends with women as an adult, it was the weirdest thing for me because I was like, Oh, but we're allowed to like each other and all we're allowed to be with each other and all we have the same similar problems and we know how to help each other through it and it was like and all of a sudden I got this support system and then I started um, my business of my art business which then they all of the people that I met through these Facebook groups bought and shared and did all of these things and build me up where I actually became successful with my business it was because I went to that group and went and connected with those and women this, on a very vulnerable and this state. all resulted because you hit that rock bottom. Like, and then you had the wherewithal to pinpoint, like, via that, like, you know, because that moment incentivized you, you then, what I love that you said is, like, you were able to then pinpoint moments that you – you were able to go back in your mind and pinpoint moments that you felt most in love with yourself, most content, happiest. And you identified like your unique practices that really resonated with you and thus were able to lift you up. I think that's where a lot of people like encounter stuck points because they just think like, Oh, like, okay, everyone's into self-care now. So like, I'm going to go get myself a bath and I'm going to go like, you know, go get a facial. This it's really about being like an archaeologist a little bit and like going back into like your memories and thinking, when what's like one of my my happiest moments or like my most well-adjusted time period? What was I doing then? Like what, you know, and really like taking those and superimposing them onto here and now. And so and then so it's like this horrible moment where like you're you've got a child on the boob and like you're hysterically crying and like there's all this guilt right 
it's this roundabout fucked up way of going about it but like yes. it leads you to all these amazing women who become your friends and your support system which exactly. thus increases exactly. your self-esteem which thus creates yep. better friendships like in turn <laughs> and, well, right. and it like helps other women because totally. I feel like so yes. many women mothers feel shame for feeling exhausted and yeah. for not yeah. knowing how to navigate motherhood like an Instagram influencer or you know whatever right and yeah it's like I haven't been well, we're, we're using these wrong <laughs> you know and it's like and I feel like shit or whatever and it's so funny because everything you said, Marlena, was it like everything? Was- no, it was crazy. I was waiting for you to say it. I, like, like I, and I don't want to like talk about me. No, you know, but I, it's like, like I was just crying because my first son like came out of the womb like perfect. My second son, we're yeah. getting him tested for speech apraxia. He's in speech therapy, occupational therapy, early intervention. How and that's so and, funny. yeah, and it's I was like listening it was like listening to me talk to Marlena 20 minutes ago. No, not only. I also <laughs> found it. I also found it amazing that you guys both had amazing pregnancies with your first ones. And then, and both yeah. of those first children were above, were ahead of the curve. Like we, Jess yeah. and I were just talking yes. before you hopped on yeah. about how her oldest son is actually advanced, like, and was doing everything yeah, early. Exactly. And you just said that that was the same with Wyatt, your son, right? Like, yeah, he and then that's what I'm so yeah. grateful for because of that. Because I don't think that I would have been where I needed to be for and a gunner in the right. middle because I wouldn't have and seen that. I, like I don't know if I you have, have the I inverse. Had a hard time loving yeah. my youngest son. His name is Foster because I had such a strong bond with my older son, and he was so mm-hmm. difficult. Like the tantrums, and yeah. I was like, Nolan never did this, you know. And it was such yeah. a hard. Like I remember calling my best friend and being like. I don't remember hating Nolan, like, and feeling so much yep. shame in that. And there's the yep. thing is like, that's not. I mean, it's okay. It's okay to not. And, but I think you that know, you, you're yeah, human and I think people don't realize hating. that you're allowed. You're allowed to have that same hate that you would have with yeah. anybody else, right? And it it doesn't mean that it's you a, don't yeah, love exactly. them. It just means that you hate no, the right. situation that you're in. But I think that there's so much guilt, especially as mothers, that we think, oh. If I even think that I word, know. I am the worst mother Mom that I'm shaming. supposed to be. But that, no, that's not, the, that's not true at all. Right. But I think we have to be okay with that. In fact, I um, think, oh, sorry, it, keep going. Oh, no, you're good. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's like, it's funny because I actually think you tend to hate the people you love the most. And so, in a way, yes. like, that's maybe not the best, like, analogy for it or a way to describe it. Yes, but like. Yeah. I think that sometimes like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so you, it incites that much more um, emotion from you. So in a way that could be why, like also it could be an indication of how much you love and are invested in this little human being. It might Mm -hmm. actually indicate love, even if it's masked in a different form. So when you had postpartum, and and I'm just asking, yeah genuinely because I went through like extreme gender disappointment with my second because we were actually told he was a girl and he was not (laughs) um and I like love him you know obviously like it doesn't matter now but right right right. like I couldn't go to Walmart for like two months without seeing like a baby girl 
without like bursting into tears because you mourn it yeah yeah and I had to grieve the baby girl that I wasn't gonna have like yeah and I don't feel like people people are like oh well as long as it's healthy or no and I'm like oh but that's you need to give yourself space to really feel that disappointment like and only via admitting that and not feeling guilt around that can you work through it and get to the love that's exactly and that's why I'm so glad like I think that's one of the awesome things about social media is that there's so much awareness around postpartum because I didn't have it with my first either and it was crazy because my husband was deployed when I had my first I was living at home with my mom he didn't meet him till he was like three or four months old and I was fine I was like this kid's easy like this is great my second son my husband was here and my my um older son was super helpful because he was like five at that point and so see the same thing my son was five too oh before gosh. when we had like the gunner that's it's so crazy. funny no it's freaky that is <laughs> so the it craziest was, thing it was, a, it was a help but it for whatever reason that's when I hit like I'm not made to be this person like I could handle no one yep. but like you know this was not what I signed up for I you know I thought that having a second child was going to be having a second Nolan like I genuinely right. that's what I thought and I had to kind of like grieve and, mm-hmm. you know, and forgive myself, too, for being upset, yes. you know, because it's not his fault. Um, no. And it's just so interesting the way that motherhood takes you and you think you know what's coming and you don't. And it's it's just really interesting. And our stories, I just like I, I want to chat with you again because I'm just like, so yeah. also yeah. I, I was an art therapy major, too. So I I was an artist. So how funny. That's so, funny. so like I just feel like I can like <laughs> relate with so much of what you're saying and it's I just love you I love you I love you oh my god well I think it's important and I think like I mean if you weren't honest with how you're feeling about things and if I wasn't honest with how I was feeling about things we would never know that we have a very similar story right and so that's I mean it's just always going to continuously be an important thing for us especially as women to have the empowerment to give ourselves permission to admit those hard things that everybody thinks about Mm -hmm. You know, we all think about how difficult it is and we all think about how sometimes we don't like our children and or husbands or life or job or wherever we're at Mm -hmm. in the situation in our life. There's always these moments of like, this is difficult. I don't want to be here. I hate this. I don't like this. And then the fact that you have to get over it, like you have to mourn what you have because you have to accept that this is what you have right. but you have to be okay with that you know and yeah. find the, jo- the, the little joys hard. in there like I think just I think you listened to it on the almost 30 podcast uh they had Whitney Port on yeah and it was really enlightening because she talked all about this and meanwhile like do you know who Whitney Port is Audrey yeah so yes. like you uh-huh. know she's on the hill she's gorgeous she's like working at DBS, right, right. like and she's, she's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and then here she is and she's created this whole YouTube channel. She talks about like how she was really like, I, I don't know what the right word is. Like she, motherhood just wasn't what she thought it would be. And like trying to right. nurse this little human being. And it's such a, it's, that's such a traumatic situation for a mom. Like, which you I'm don't say, really I realize. I fucking hate breastfeeding. Yeah, I no. I said it. Yes. No, it's, oh, like because like they're screaming. You're like trying to force your tit down their mouth. Yeah. I I don't fucking know what I'm talking about because I don't have kids. But like I've I've witnessed <laughs> this with like friends of mine and other family members. And so, like, and they're screaming, and then like it triggers your boob to emit 
milk, doesn't it? When they start screaming and, yes. and then you're I drowning mean, them and it's a whole thing. <laughs> whole and you thing. feel like a failure, like, which it's not yep. like, and you feel like, oh, like I'm not able to give my kid this like nourishing breast milk. And like, there's something wrong with me and I'm not a good mom and I'm not bonding with them. No, like we're all human. No. It's a really difficult task. Yes. So so yeah, exactly. so I just highly recommend, like, I haven't looked at it because I can't really do it, but I've, I've sent it to, like, friends of mine who have had kids, and, like, you know, I think it helps them to not okay, feel... Okay, cool. I'll have to look into it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, we can wrap up, but this has been such a good conversation. Amazing. Sure it's so great like, to chat with everybody. and your Instagram handles where people can find you and connect with you. Um, yeah, so you can find me at HabyFab, like on Instagram and mostly anywhere at HabyFab and then HabyFab.com. I just, my whole purpose in life is just to make sure that you, that to empower people to embrace their inner spunk Beautiful. and their inner person. And just, yeah, I just want you to have like a good time and find a way to figure out how that is. Ugh, so being spunky and let's have good time together. Being spunky is so much more fun than being normal. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so much more I agree. fun. It I is. And people really like fucking love you when you've got like something unique to add to the mix. A little spice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, this has been so great. Thank you so So much. So much fun.